Welcome to Biggest Geek Ass. We're your hosts. I'm Randy. And I'm Joe. This is episode 91 of our show. The date is Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. What's new, dude? Not a whole lot. Nothing? No, oh, okay. Oh. oh, Legion of Myth. Thank you for joining us and Green Apple and Mort Martinson so far. Uh, Legion says, OMG, I hope the answer to the title of the stream is yes, so I can hear about someone we all know. Go re and start name calling. Well, he's way ahead of us on the name calling. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, title might be a little sneaky. Well, here's the thing, though, with OSR, yep. there is the D&D comparison to make because that's what it's based in. So whether or not it's strict, uh, a strict um, reprinting, um, I know there's some of those out there that are fairly strict but have to change certain things because of licensing issues. Um, um, then, I mean, that's that's what, they're all based in D&D &D and they're, they're um, made for those who initially back in third edition days didn't like third edition yeah and once the the uh ogl popped up um it made them po possible for folks to produce stuff um in the old school vein and leave third edition behind i got corrected uh, one time though that said that people could make that the old school had nothing to do that like um matt finch's OSR thing that dude James Mazalewski who made that was the first one he made. Not yeah, they're talking about the SCOTUS ruling that said you can't um, the game rules can't be um, copyrighted. Yes, yeah. but um, I'm not sure pre precisely when that uh, was passed, when, yeah, or not passed, but when that ruling was made in in in, in comparison to the whole movement. So, yeah, Osric. Oh, was was I, I still feel feel like Osric came around pretty close to third edition. Yeah. Because I remember being at Gen Con and being really excited about third edition. And then I'm looking and I'm like, this is my honest expression. I was like, what are these bozos doing playing old D D? <laughs> I mean, and don't get that's not how I feel now, but at the point I was like, what are you doing, you weirdos? Right. So we were in the whole hey, D D's got a new version, let's go play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so I guess maybe. Oh, the answer is no. Oh, Indigo Dragon. <laughs> yes, uh, the answer is no. There are OSR games of fantasy, Warhammer Fantasy, and I didn't know that. I, I knew the TSR Marvel Superheroes because it's called Phase Rift. Yeah. And Merp, I didn't know Merp had, a, had an OSR type. Yeah. Jason at Nerds RPG played it. I can't remember the name of it. He was playtesting a couple years back. Yeah. That's not the against the Dreadlord or Dark that sounds Lord. Right. That sounds right. Is Something that, against is that the Dreadlord or Dark Lord, yeah. Is that considered an OSR type of homage to the old rules? Huh. Yeah. I don't know who shot I don't know who Shadzar is hating on. John can do something not very nice and go back to his trailer park. I don't know who John is, but okay. <laughs> Shadzar, uh, ain't calling already, baby. Yeah, Shadzar keeps that up. He's getting bounced. <laughs> Be nice, man. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. 
Hold on. Yep. So anyway, hold on, uh, hold on, hold no, on. I stop it. Tell Got to do stuff. stuff here. Tell them to subscribe, Joe. I don't have any banners. Can I look at the banners? Can I do stuff? Drive Joe crazy? Oh, I can see it now. Can I put it up? Can you see it? Yeah. Do it. Do it to it. There you go. <laughs> do the things. Do the likes. Do the loves. Subscribe. Like and subscribe. Yeah. And do all that. Yes. Yes, sir. Oh, cool. We got some folks in the house. Good. Good to see you, Eagle Dragon. Chad's art. Still good to see you, buddy. Even though you're starting out with a punch to the nuts. <laughs> I don't know who the John guy is, but he don't like him. <laughs> oh, anyway. So, are you looking for the... Did we have some call-ins or emails or anything? Are we ready to... Joe's... Joe's yeah, you do it. Yeah. That one? Okay. Do it to it. Sweet, man. I just wanted to have things ready in case I needed to do something. Okay. Oh, before we do, let's talk about... How was our wonderful week? We're going to talk a lot about a part, a part portion we of it. We played um, OSE. That was the first. OSE. That's the first time. That was the first time I played OSE. First time I've played it. Uh huh. I've read it multiple times and I got it to the table and. Old school essentials. Old school essentials. It was good times. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. <clears throat> Hope to get back to it. So, that's what I'm running at VentureCon. We're talking more about that. Other than that, did you do anything else? Oh, Joe did something cool this morning and cheating on me again. Yes. Um, and thank you to T-Shirt Historian for having me on. He called me last minute because, um, oh, now I'm forgetting somebody's name. Grim. Grim, yes. Grim uh, was in surgery, was oh, uh, which was good, okay, successful. Good. He made it out and uh, is recovering. But he, but but you know, not recovering enough to to co-host a um, a live stream. So uh, he had asked me and Cream Gay. Okay. I don't know if anybody here knows who that is. Uh, we follow each other on Twitter. Uh, well, he follows the uh, biggest geekus um, a Twitter account, and I follow and we follow him. So uh, he had him on. We talked about villains. I will put a link in the show notes to uh, so note so you guys can go watch it but uh t-shirt historians latest video very good it was on villains that was good i hope they do another one tim scott says what's up he and the boys are playing some battle tech table all right tabletop battle tech yeah oh i've got a good comment old school was back in the days when where hours were spent yelling about rules that never existed <laughs> Uh, I feel like there's still some of that. <laughs> well, I think that there were more rules arguments during third edition than yeah. Because, I mean, I think there was Omen out because I told the players shut up. Who's the dungeon master? Right. <laughs> we're gonna so, do it. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> so before we get into the, the main topic proper, we yeah. got a couple of things we're going to talk yeah. about. One yeah. is our one. One is the game we played this weekend, which was yeah, OSC, which was lots of fun. Mm -hmm. um, need to play more. Need to play more. Period. We just need to play like constantly. <sighs> and it was lots of fun. Um, I played an elf. Um, and yeah. Now, on the elf's sheet, you had down class names. So. Yeah. So I didn't dig into the OSC rules. I just grabbed the character sheet and ran with it. So 
Right. Does that mean that elves have classes or are those just titles? No, those are titles. It's a title okay. name. So you're an elf. An elf is an elf. Yes, an elf is an elf, of course. Verified yes. a magic user, makes your thing. Kind of like, it's BX, dude. OSC, I don't have my old BX books, but if I did, I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's going to be uh, pretty much a, a true clone. So, yeah. Hey, and Patrick. I'm working his butt off. Looks like it's going to happen. New job he's happy about. Congratulations to Patrick and his new job. He got a very significant pay bump. Good yeah, job, dude. Now he can pay for all things. Mm-hmm. He can he can be our he can be our top don't well he is our top donor. He is our top. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh so yeah, I gave a test. Oh, I, I would have been watching that stream live this morning, but I, no, I wouldn't have. I'd have been teaching. What am I talking about? I had class during that time, and I was gave a test today. Students did better than the first test, so that was good. Well, our last our last um, live stream after the fact. Yeah. Video wise, did very well. Yay! Uh, we uh, bumped up almost ten subscribers since then. All right, and we uh, got almost one hundred and fifty views. I mean, that's nothing right. in in uh, in uh, YouTube land, but it's great oh, for us. Awesome for us. It makes me happy. All right. So, what about email and calls? We got some. Nah. No. Okay. Cool. So the first thing I want to do and. Um, is uh, I want to comment on the Batman Knights game uh, comic book that I mentioned about, and a lot of people got upset. It wasn't just me; uh, a lot of folks made comments about it. Even Ethan Van Skyver and a few other folks, and uh, just some guy uh, who I have slowly uh, learned to like less and less. Nothing personal. I just think some of his takes on the left uh, some are off. Anyway, he said, um, and he made a pretty good argument that um, if you continue, continue reading after the googly eyes that Batman made with that dude, which a lot of people focused on, and I did too, that uh, he was just deceiving that guy, tricking that guy to steal this list of names that he had. And he got rid of it. And uh, uh, it doesn't matter what happened, but he did. And it showed later on that appeared to be. But I still argue that um, even though we may have overreacted as a group, and he claimed the art, the art, the writer got you. No, here's the deal. We weren't gotten. We have been um, trained because of the garbage that they put out constantly, nonstop, that they actually do. How are we supposed to go? Oh, man, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. You don't. No, get, they don't deserve it. You don't get that anymore. And no. I, I mean, if that's what he did, he did that on purpose. Because he knew some folks would pull it out of context. And it's like, okay, yay, you get a brownie point that you were right this time. Nice trick. But it doesn't change the fact. Modern comics are garbage. They're totally on with the LGBTQL silent P crowd. And um, I'm done. And that doesn't fix anything. It doesn't make any difference. It's still garbage. You know? Yeah, because, you know, the... Back in the 80s, if they'd done something like that, because I, I would have given them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Not, not now. Forget it. No. Well, they lead with that. If that was just maybe some flavoring or you knew that's what they supported, but it wasn't, uh, you know, out front in your face in the comics and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, it wouldn't. Right. No. So, OK, you got us. <laughs> How funny. Yeah. Yes. Green Apple. Thank you for agreeing with us. <laughs> yes. We have the correct opinion. Yeah. No benefit of the doubt. No, sir. No, thanks. So, yeah. Um and, you know, it's believable because, you know, they replaced Superman and then made his uh, 
made his uh, son uh, bisexual out of nowhere because he yeah, never did anything else. Uh, and they've done that with countless other other heroes. So, no, no benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you can have it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Only indie comics and manga. Uh, check out Comics Gate if you haven't heard of that yet. Good stuff. Cyberfrog is Cyberfrog is not fully my cup of tea. So I bought the collection of warts and all about thought thick and I finished reading it last last night. I enjoy it. It's a little too Deadpool for me. I mean, Deadpool's fine, but he, he wears on me after a while. Um, not like hate, but just like, okay, I'm tired of you or all, all your potty humor jokes and, and you're, you're the not so good guy. I get it. Um, I'm just looking, like I said last week, I'm looking for a superhero. I want a hero. Dang it. Oh, there's a song. I need a hero. I need a hero. I can't say that. Don't make me. We had a couple start. I'm going to go back one. I'm not sure you saw me start this, but CBK Ply, I'm doing well. My group and I have been talking about running a high level game of Rules Cyclopedia starting at 15th level. We got 20 to go, so that's you. You're good. You got any chairs open? Joe wants him. Have either of you started a campaign this high? Hmm. Not a campaign. We have run high level games as one shots. We've which also is run very high level games that got high level. Yeah, yeah. But no, I don't think I've started at 15. I know I've started at 9 or 10, though. We have started campaigns at 9 or 10. Yeah. And here's a good one here. The, there was an OSE Advanced, and I know, Randy, you said you backed that. I'm getting that. that ad oh. characters like Barbarian Ranger, etc. Uses BX rules, though. Oh, well, that's more exciting to me anyway. Cool. That's, we'll talk about that. There's a reason I like the bx part i'll talk about that more uh, oh omenal reading my mind i'd rather just buy comics from my youth like warlord yeah i'm i think i said last week i'm thinking about rummaging through the old the stacks at my local comic store and trying to fill in some of the spots so, yeah i would like to do that with dr strange uh some of the old stuff i know i probably can't afford to get uh the stuff from uh strange tales but right oh Tim Scott, that was a big one shot at Cabin. One Con. shot. That was the highest level characters we've ever made. And it was, it was probably a mistake for however, what, what, for all the effort that we put into the oh, characters and yeah. the, and for perhaps for you for the session, yeah. it was probably not worth it. Uh, Shadzar, uh, can you expound? I don't know if I know Ken Kelly. Another comics pro has died. I'm not sure if I recognize the guy. I bet if you named his stuff, I probably would say, oh yeah, um, Blade Devil. Oh, is that the one Max reviewed a while back? Uh, is, that a, is that a is that an anime or manga? Ah, probably so, but the name sounds it could be anything. But Green Apple and Legion both mentioned that. But Chad's, I don't know who who Ken Kelly is. Um, you know, I could do though. Hirozetta. He studied with Hirozetta, whoever that is. Frozetta. Gotcha. Oh, he created Kiss Destroyer cover. Yeah, Kiss was kind of a. They were kind of into comic books for a while. They were. Yeah. Thing. And they had their own. Oh, for Zeta. Okay, okay, gotcha. Well, back in the day, they were on all kinds of TV shows. Uh, oh, yeah. And um, they had their own, like, Holly, uh, Hollywood. Halloween special. Had a Halloween, uh, Kiss Halloween special, I believe it was, where they were, like, super-powered kind of dudes. Dude, I believe this this existed at once. Omanoff says if Marvel and DC were smart, they would do a subscription to access comics from their start. Let people read X-Men from the beginning. I believe... They have that. I think they have that, dude. Um, DC, there's a DC thing and a Marvel thing where you can subscribe and 
I don't know if you can read all the old comics, but they go back pretty far. That's what I was. That's what I was told. Yeah, I think um, the start of the X Men in the sixties. That's what Jason over at Nerds a Variety uh, podcast was uh, talking about. Over I never year, did it. Over a year or two ago, me and Joe yeah. both said it sounded good. We never. I never got around to it either. Yeah. So Blade Devil is a comic skate comic. Ah, cool. All good right. Deal. Good deal. All right. Um. So Stranger Things. Yeah, so if you want to put that article up, I don't know. Well, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's interesting to, to do. do it. Pop it up there. So that was interesting. I got a couple of the Mary Sue. Yay. Well, it's um, talking about their final season, what the D and D villain will be. Um, I have what I would like to see for that. Yeah, because um, the article is just speculation. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't even bother with it. It's fine. I was okay. going to say. Uh, don't bother putting it up. It's not that exciting. But like you know, they've right. done... so it's an, or- it's an article on the Mary Sue, and um, yeah. it'll be in the show notes. It's not a good article, but <laughs> right, it's nothing exciting. But I yeah. think it's an interesting question because you know I mentioned they've done the Demogorgon. They've done Demogorgon, but you got to realize they're not doing Demogorgon as in the tentacled guy with the two um, um, uh, monkey heads. It's they take a creature that's in their universe, and the kids give them because they play D and D, give them a D and D name. So they've done the Demogorgon. They've had the Mind Flayer, which seems to be the main bad guy. Is the Mary Sue a bad place? I don't know where I found that at. So I don't know. And um, well, well, hold on. Yeah, it's called the Mary Sue. And Uh-oh. you know, you know what a Mary Sue? Yes, is in yeah. in uh, I yeah. guess whatever medium they appear yeah. in, they're not good. So yeah. Um, so anyway, um, oh, this is cool. Comment by uh, Mark Gessinger. I knew that. Kiss added their blood to the ink as a gimmick. <laughs> okay. That had been right. a good connection to the satanic panic. I'm sure that got the... That's got probably the, why they did it. They probably probably did. Yeah. <laughs> ha ha, satanic panic. We're going to yes. put our blood in here. It was pre-panic, but I'm sure that was brought up by some moms and dads. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, 70s. Yeah. Yeah, 70s. So anyway... Um, they had Demogorgon, then they had this dog the second season, which the second season was the worst. In the third season, they brought the Mind Flayer in, pretty good. And this season, they have Vecna. Now, realize these aren't those characters, they're just creatures that sort of seem like that. Um, uh, oh, Chad's <laughs> are. <laughs> Stranger Things, main bad guy was obvious from the start when they were using D&D. It'll be a white male, of course. But I'm thinking... If it were me, if they would let Randy pick a title for the main villain, they're saying it's the Mind Flayer. I hope it's not. I hope there's one above. Right. CBK play. The Mind Flayer is controlling Vecna. But I'm hoping the big puppet master, and this would make sense, Asmodeus. Well, that's what they say in here. He should be running the show. It'd be be okay. But, okay, so as of last season, yeah. Yeah. Because... A lot of these series have like the ultimate bad guy, mm-hmm. and Asmodeus is an ultimate bad guy. Mm-hmm. There's uh, especially when you go with his stats from uh, AD and D days. I mean, Ooh. he didn't have a whole lot of hit points, but you never touched his hit points because oh. he controlled you. And yeah, you had you could, seven armor class, uh, enough hit points, three hundred something psionic ability. Dude, that's one stat. I, one time I had memorized. He had dragon breath from the staff of every type. Um, Orcus is more famous than Asmodeus. Um, Probably, maybe, maybe in the older games, but well, I, think, I think I think he has a bigger name newer. 
You think so? Even yeah, with, um, Anathuk and a few other things. Yeah. What about um? Uh, what about um? Asmodeus ascending to a god in uh, the Galarian world. Yeah. That was pretty big, and they used a lot of Hell Knights. They did a lot with him, but I guess if you're not a Pathfinder player, yeah. I won't argue. Maybe Orcus is bigger. I like Asmodeus better. Orcus is fine, but Asmodeus is. Uh, I think Asmodeus is a cooler, much villain. cooler. He's a cooler customer, and you could actually talk to him, and well, he wouldn't have to kill you. Right. Orcus have a hard time doing that. Um, yeah, Orcus might have been kind of big in three. So was Asmodeus, but yeah, Orcus has always been the. It's hard to say. Orcus would be a good choice too. I would not be upset if it was Orcus. So, but um, give me Asmodeus for my money. But that's all I'm right. going to say about that. Um, yeah. So the Vecna statue. Show that thing. Do I have to? Please do. Just so no foolish mortal like me and my oh. Sorry. Yes. Um, I'm going to say that it's not that bad a figure, I don't think. I don't like Let it. Let me see if I can get a good shot of it and then blow it up. Mm -hmm. I'd like to blow it up. Sorry, I got my phone being phone-ish, guys. Phone like phone. Yeah. But, dude, here's the problem I have with it. Okay, I'll give you it's okay. And go to the gallery, says uh, Shadzar, if you can scan through it on the little arrow. Yeah, so here we go. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's fine. It's okay. His hands are I don't think it's $250 worth of okay. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Come on. Does it come, uh, is this one that comes painted or not? I assume it looks like that. I don't know. Patrick Demo's got a good comment. A desiccated Thanos with a lame Finity gauntlet. Right. <laughs> well, it's a replacement for his hand. I couldn't tell from his eyes. One of his, is his left eye missing? There's a red. Yeah, it's red. Well, okay. So oh, hold on. I will get back there. Left eye. <laughs> but, but here's the big thing. Minus the price tag, which is utterly ridiculous. But again, I mean, I don't know. Our superhero, there's all kinds of like little statues and superheroes that sell for big prizes, you know. But here's the deal. Um, yeah, it's hard to tell if one of his eyes is missing. Vecna's, Vecna, as an actual figure, is not terribly interesting to me. What's interesting about Vecna is his hand and eye. Yeah. Because they were artifacts. Vecna was always beyond that. Um, yeah, Vecna was never really a, a, a presence, just his uh, leftovers. Apparently, the Book of Vile Darkness, Shadzar said, I read it too, I couldn't see it, is in his rib cage. I don't know if you can zoom oh, in. Oh, yeah, there's a book there. There's a book. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Patrick says he resembles the Stranger Things Vecna, which here's whatever. I, I just don't. Vecna is not interesting. His hand and eye are interesting. His disembodied spirit dominating you through the hand and eye to me is interesting it's probably just me i have no interest in a vecna figure and those that don't know i did purchase the hand and eye which was pretty cool um yeah, and yeah. dragon looks like a terminator <laughs> like a terminator it does kind of again you're right joe it's not a horrible figure but i mean i don't even who why do you want a vecna figure seriously he's not a dude well he maybe he is now he right. and I, I don't know if any I didn't get the Book of Vile Darkness. I know yeah. he has it in his in his body there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they got into more uh, of him, his lore, 
in, in any of the books, including that the you know, Book of Wild Darkness or or any other. I can't. Remember. I don't remember there being any big dump of lore about this dude. I remember in a three E product, there was a class called a binder, and Vecna was a vestige that you could bind. Um, yeah, he does. Shazor says he looks like the mummy from Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser's first movie. A little bit. A little bit as he's starting to transform. Yeah, a little bit getting his flashback. You know, look, it's fine. The figure's fine. My point is, I don't get it. And for 250 bucks, I need to get it. It'd have to be big to be worth 250 bucks. Well, Avengers, dude, he's a foot tall. I mean, that's not that impressive. No, that's not. So... But, a foot tall, yeah. a foot tall. Nah, I'm not seeing that 250. Nah. But, you know, hey, whatever. Um, oh, give it blue eyes, said CBK Ply, and you have a white walker from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but Game of Thrones stole from D&D, so it's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I guess that's all I want to say. Too much money, uh, not that interesting. But guess what Randy has and didn't bring in here? Oh, can you cover for a minute? I'm going to grab it. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of all these. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm just not buying them. I don't get the whole. Uh, that's expensive for a figure you're going to use on the table for combat. Um. I don't know if this is meant for that or if it's meant for your shelf. Um, oh, life size Dritz only, only four fifty. Huh, that's something. Um, correct. So there are a lot of people who have uh, money to burn. Apparently, I wonder what the stats, what the, um, you know, what the sales stats are on these iconic figures. Uh, they keep making them, so they must be making them some money or uh, they're getting subsidized by Hasbro for some reasons. Neither of which, you know, I mean, if they're making money off of it, well, fine. I don't, I don't fault them for making money. I just don't get, get spending 250 on something like that. Yeah, I mean... That's fair, and, and I'm guilty of it. I'm a guy that's burning his money. Um, uh, but shout out to Patrick, who's on. This is the Demogorgon, which he made. He bought and painted for yours truly, and it is utterly fabulous. He did a great job. Yeah, this is a quote-unquote knockoff Demogorgon, but I'll take it at half the price. So, yeah, he just straight up killed it. So Randy's happy. He's got his Demogorgon. He's got uh, Orcus. I would love an Asmodeus. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Joe. I don't. Tim Scott mentioned to me was it last week that, um, well, Tim was playing with us this past week, and Tim played. So I think he mentioned there he saw the unpainted Tiamat, the big Tiamat figure that I bought for three something painted for four hundred over four hundred dollars. So I don't know what people are thinking. That's, I mean. Look, I'm willing to blow some money. You know me. I like I like a vain I like a vanity purchase every now and again for my, my hobbies. But that's getting crazy sauce. Who's gonna pay four fifty for an unpainted TMAD? And then our buddy Greg made a good point. They become collectible almost immediately because they make so few of them. Yeah, but that collect the collectible status of 
our hobby goes in waves. So right now it's a high wave for a lot of things. Right. But it's easily possible that in a few years, if the popularity of popularity of D and D wanes, that collectability is going to go back down in a trough. It may, yeah. Uh, Darth is in the house. He made it after taking care of his family's tech issues. Mark is putting me to shame. Mark Markham says, couldn't justify a purchase for that much, even if I had disposable income. Yeah. See, and this is the thing. I probably shouldn't justify. I can't really justify it either. The the problem for me is the same because um, this... this doesn't. This only indirectly funds Hasbro and and Wizards of the Coast because this is a WizKids product. And but, I, I use, and I buy them usually secondhand, but still thirdhand, whatever. So I don't know if there are, um, if Hasbro or Wizards of the Coast gets any kickback from WizKids, or if as a licensed product, they just make money off of the licensing fee. So mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows? Um, no, no. But you are kind of feeding that machine. I think I am, and I and I, and I, and I, I sense my. Uh, I'm I'm being satiated. So, um, yeah, this is true. Um, Indigo's got it. All they do is make a nice looking miniature or a figure, and then, well, it is kind of premium in the sense that there's not as many as there are the figures. I mean, I've been to a game store. I've never seen more than one. I've never seen more than one Tiamat at the store. Um, and it's rare that you see more than one of those others, too. Uh, but having said that, who cares? I mean, I'm an old man. What do I care about rarity? Truthfully, I, I don't buy them for rarity. I don't. I'm not collecting. It's, it's for a cool factor. And yeah, maybe you see them in game. And I, I really should stop. <laughs> yeah. 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 Apple, that's a smart move. Go to eBay. Yeah. Wait and for a good deal. I bought most of mine off eBay. I bought the TMA off, off eBay. I bought the Orcas off eBay and was very happy. So, um, yeah. Okay. All, all right. Are we so ready to move on? It. Unless you got something else, I think we're ready to move in after we tell them to do the thing again. Do the thing. Now that we got the big chunk of folks in here. Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing it. Thanks you for, for, to everybody who has stopped by to give us a look and subscribe if you haven't already. Give a thumbs up to the video. Um, comment if you like, spread the news, spread the, spread the, the, um, the biggest geekest message all over God's creation. Um, also have links in the show notes. Uh, let me see if I can put them in there in the description. Now I'll start doing that whenever, uh, you start jibber jabbering there. But what I'm going to do is I'll put a link. I'll put our links for how you can support us in the description of our uh, live stream. So if you want to Kill do Raven so. Thinking, yeah, Killer Raven's making a good point. The store is doing it right. You won't see more than one of the one of a lot of things on the shelf. FOMO has a, been a thing forever. Yeah. And I've suffered and sometimes do suffer from that. I did miss out on the Orcus figure from the big D&D miniatures line during the 3-5 era, which is now, it was like originally like 80 bucks, and now you can't get it for under like 450 bucks. Um yeah, you're right. It's, it's a car payment. It's stupid. Fear of missing out is yeah. a thing. It's a thing, and I have been guilty of it. Fair enough. The same thing with all of all of media. Yeah, you you you, you don't want to miss out, so you can get in on the conversation. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> movies too. Do the same way with movies sometimes. Oh yeah, 
when, yeah. I, when I backed off and saw the Batman movie, and I wish I never had. It was garbage. So garbage is strong, but it was not good. I reviewed that. All right. So Joe decided to put a little clickbait in on our main topic today. He said, uh, how did you phrase it, Joe? We love OSR, but is it D&D? Really, it's more about, to me, what is the fascination with the OSR? Um, well, I think for a lot of people, that is the fascination. Is that what? It's just D&D. That's the draw. It's relationship to D&D, at least for us old guys. You know, younger guys, maybe not. Um, I'm not sure, but I think for us older guys... It is its relationship to D, whether you call it D and D or not. Right. There is a you know like the spice and the worms. There is a relationship. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't think of any other game, and I know there is one. I mean, Indigo's already pointed out several. I think of D and D when I think OSR. I just, I just do. Um, Joe, you just froze for the first time in months. Shadzar said, "I saw it too. I didn't. I didn't want to say anything." Shadzar, Joe's very. He's very sensitive about freezing. Yeah, I'm very sensitive to freezing. Um, I think that's because I was doing some other stuff on the computer. I was putting up the links and whatnot, and my uh, paltry of one point something on a good day gigahertz of uh, processor speed here. Uh, got taxed <laughs> <laughs> this got me thinking though you know and i was writing the outline and joe can verify this week i wasn't sure it was a good topic or not and joe kind of spun a little different and i kind of like it but what got me what got me down this road was um after cabin con 16 joe ran a we talked about it before a third edition variant game of a streamlined third edition i was like oh what hold on what the oh, Kill raven he picked up that Orcus figure for 25 bucks. Are you talking about the one where Orcus is holding the thing and he's bent over? The real thick guy, the gargantuan sized one? Is that what you're talking about? Because if you're did, you're awesome. 25 bucks? You can't touch that for 25 bucks. Dang, son. Anyway. So, you said that was ages ago. Oh, okay. Oh, ages ago. Oh. Okay. Whatever that might mean. Probably like the day after it came out. No, I don't know. <laughs> well done, Kill Raven. Um, so anyway, uh, after Comic Con 16, Joe ran that, and I was like, dude, that was super fun. And what I find in this past weekend, we played OSE, and I was like, BX is super fun. And then last year, we played Swords and Wizardry, and I'm like, Soon. I mean, I'm like, that's super fun. And I'm, I have, I'm yet to pull out AD&D or second edition, either one. We haven't played it yet, but I want to. So what I wonder is... Is it not just, is it just nostalgia? And if we stuck with, if we stick with OSE and we play that through and say build a mud sword off of that, are we eventually going to see the same warts that we saw before? Because we, we saw, we thought when, when AD&D 2E was near the end and third edition was coming out, Joe and I were both ready. I was ready. And it wasn't just well, because. I was ready for there to be a revision. I wasn't really ready for a wholesale change, the wholesale changes, though, honestly, uh, I don't know if it was FOMO kicking in or if it was uh, relief that the game wasn't dead, although some people would say that it still was because uh, of how much third edition diverged. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I just gonna, I'm going to put this up here because that's a freaking long name. Charles, <laughs> Charles? Bartholomew Mortimer Norris the third. That is a cool 
cool name. Tell me that's your actual name, and that is awesome, Sauce. And he makes a good point. Nostalgia makes me want to support OSR for four fifty, four hundred fifty bucks. I'll find someone with a three D printer and still have money for gas. Well, you yes, would have. Sir. You would have had money for gas a few weeks ago. Right. <laughs> right. So Chuck Norris. <laughs> oh, is that Chuck Norris's actual name? Probably is. As awesome as he is. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, I point, you know, and so we're wrestling with this mud sword idea. Those that have been with it for the, you know, 60 of our last 90, ep- 60 or 90 episodes would, would know. We talked about mud sword is just the kind of the code name for the game. This perfect D and D game, Joe and I want. And I was like, what are we doing, dude? I mean, now when I say we, I mean me, Joe's been pretty good about wanting to stay focused on just the setting and then the rules, he's kind of like, yeah, we can do this. He doesn't really care because I run the games. But me running the games, I'm more interested in the rules. And what I'm finding, Joe, is I like them all. I like playing them all. Yeah, I get that. Is that a problem? I, I, I've got some ideas for some whys on that. Hmm. You know, for some why. You okay. know, there there is some nostalgia factor. Yep. There, there definitely is. And there is familiarity. Because all of the OS, OSR, OSE, D&D, clones, derivatives, all of that, they all, they all share a similar, they all share a similar set of core rules. They may not all share the same, uh, the same precise conceits, uh, especially when you consider, consider Lamentations of the Flame Princess uh, and a few others that definitely have some other they go off in a different direction, um, lore-wise or feel-wise, but they definitely all share some um, vestige of DNA, so to speak. So the familiarity is there. There's, it's undeniable. Yeah. Now, people might not like how much they diverge because some pe- to some people, one step away from raw is one step too far. Yeah, um, how about, so nostalgia, again, again, I've been kind of doing nostalgia, and I thought it was fading. I wonder, too, if it's, this is good, because I feel like maybe I'm just refocusing back to my roots, like what what I think is important, what the truth is in D&D. Um, and I, I don't know, I mean, I think that would be a good way to think of it, but I do worry that it's just nostalgia, and then eventually I'm going to be like, ugh. Old school, gosh, these games. I didn't like this before. Now I don't like it now. And Right. Well, so nostalgia is one thing, and then new shiny is another thing. You know, that's what we had with the uh, with third edition. It was the new shiny. And Pathfinder, the same thing, new shiny. We had that. Uh, so I don't know if it's it's a mixture of fear of missing out and the new shiny thing. And Larry, oh, that makes a good point. Hey, Larry, part of it may be you are playing them with friends, which makes – yeah. And Every, that's the we have a great time no matter what. And I think that's the I think that's that could be the biggest factor because I, yeah, I think Larry uh, got, got the right of it. Yeah, because we have a group of guys we really enjoy role playing with. Yeah. And, um, well, you know, for the most part the rules don't really matter whether or not we have a good time. So when you have this experience, like you know, like we did Cabin Con and um, I got to play this year. Everybody knows I just played it in DM. Dude, after I played DCC with Tim, that was my new favorite game. I played 13th Age with Larry. I was like, man, I love that game. I forgot how much I love that game. <laughs> then I played 3X with Joe, and I'm like, oh, I 
I love that game. Played Aliens with Josh. Oh, that's a pretty cool game. Now, granted, I don't feel quite the love for Aliens because it's just not D&D, but the others are D&D-ish. And that's where my, you know, the love is. There's um, a lot of intersection of things. Um, yes. Nostalgia, familiarity, uh, a good group of pals, all of that together. And then it's hard to separate, tease out which part of that is, I like this, I like playing this particular one mm-hmm. most because of X factor. It's really hard to do that. I think I can say that DCC in 13th age, I can tease out enough to say it's probably more the people. And I like the experience of the table. But when I think about running a long-term campaign, um, yeah, it just, it doesn't hold the draw. Oh, Mark Getzinger. I admit, Favi brought me back to RPGs, but I think OSR is what recaptures my joy in playing without all the extra rules and real-life problems. Yeah, dude, that's true. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Yeah. Indigo Dragon's got the other experience, though. He says, um, I didn't... Oh, Josh, you got it. I didn't grow up on D&D, so I've known nostalgic love for my older D&D RPGs. I feel like I got lucky starting with Battletech, Wag Star Wars instead of D&D. Maybe. I don't know if that's luck or not. You definitely enjoy them. I guess. And that makes it easy, I guess. Um, But yeah, I don't know. um, Time away from something. I I think I think I'm looking through rose colored glasses. Um, Do you think. So having all this fun with our friends, I guess I'm I feel too. I feel like I'm having a lot of gamer ADD. I've always. When I was a, when we were hardcore D and D players, Joe, and that's pretty much all we played, I felt like I knew. This sounds dumb. <laughs> I knew who I was as a gamer. I'm a D and D player, and now that I'm experimenting with all these other games and I'm liking them all, I can't. It's almost like I can't decide on which one to sit and get serious about. Because I do want to have a. When I say serious, I mean I want to have a long lasting campaign. Well, I I think that um, perhaps you should just choose one. <laughs> Perhaps I should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because um, honestly, there's enough. Uh, there is enough in the, uh, the OSR, in the old school books that you can still use. Yeah. Uh, that you can, that there, there's enough of an overlap there that if you just choose one of them. Uh yeah, rule cyclopedia, all of that. There's enough overlap in there that it'll feel enough like D and D that it'll satisfy you. It's just a matter of selection. Oh, Kill Raven started with Phase Rip. That would be our buddy Martinson. He did the same thing. That was his first experience, but Martinson got the truth of D and D at my table. So, if there is such a thing, <laughs> the truth of D, dude, there is the truth. There is no my truth. Actually, this might be a situation where there is a my truth. Yeah, <laughs> because everybody focuses yeah, on different. Parts. I mean, there's um, it groups out. Uh, this, this is more indigo. I when I was young, when I first met, I wasn't until college that I met someone that learned to play RPGs without starting with D and D, and I was literally floored. I was like, "What? You started with something other than D and D? That's heresy!" <laughs> yeah. Oh, all these other games are pretenders. D and D is the real stuff. So if we jump, you know, you know, um, in the deep end of the pool, 
is there any would you be as a player at my table which you're likely to be the player at one of my players would it do you care what i started with does it matter to you if i do rule cyclopedia blend in some other stuff um um or would you rather me? I mean, I really hope he picks third edition because that's my favorite. Or I hope he runs DCC. Or does it matter to you? Not really. <laughs> the, the R files. <laughs> the D and D truth is out there. R for Randy. Thanks yeah. So. Um, <laughs> no, not really. I mean, yeah. I'm going to have all the same old school, not like in fancy and magic thing. And when I say not liking it, it doesn't mean I hate it so much that I won't play a wizard. It's just well, it's kind of a tickling annoyance in the back of my head. That's about it. I can say this much, that the way OSE does spell casting, which means you do not get to cast your spell until, I mean, you have to, you, you, say, you say what spell you're going to cast, you say, state your intention, and um, you can't do anything else. You don't get to move, none of that. I think I get it. Because those OSE spells, they were good, dude. They were good. good Old school. Yeah, there were a lot of them that were. um, Sleep, hello. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No saving throw. You're down. That means you're dead. Oh, we're getting some. uh, Look at, at, uh, yeah. We played everything TSR put out from uh, James Kane. D&D all the time got old. Yeah. Didn't get old to us. I mean, not no. not really. I mean, we took. Uh, I think what we did was we played a lot of we played played a lot of the TSR stuff, and every once in a while tried something else, and then went back. So yeah, we dipped our toe in phase rip. Uh, Joe ran a little Warhammer and battle not battle tech. What'd you do? Travel for like half a minute. Yeah, that, I think we made characters and quit. I don't. I had the old Traveler, the box set, the um, I guess the introductory set, whatever it was called. I have it here too. Let me see if I can spy it out. Uh, a little black box. Yeah. Okay, it's all covered up with some. So whatever the introductory box set was, where it didn't have all of the rules, so I really didn't get a lot of stuff about it. So I tried to run it kind of off the hip, and it didn't didn't work out very well. I think if I had read it through more, maybe. But the uh, the introductory mission didn't really have a lot to. For me, when I remember reading it from a long time ago, did not have much to bite into. No, it was too... Uh, it I seemed just, like just, hey, let's go here and let's uh, pick up supplies and, and move on we to were, the next planet. That's what I it seemed like. As a younger kid, I just couldn't do it. I mean, I, I could not even get into it. Uh, Indigo Dragon, dude, he, he says it like it is. I played BT, I guess, Battletech. Star Wars D6, Shadowrun, Heroes Unlimited, Champions Earth, not even the Street Fighter RPG, long before I tried AD&D 2E. So to me, AD&D 2E was, I'll just say it, I didn't like it. Okay, hmm. fair enough. I, I mean, I would imagine had we cut our teeth on Warhammer Fantasy, had we been, you know, over there with John at RDD, maybe it would have been a different thing. You know, maybe we'd have liked something. Ah, D&D's poop. Yeah. Yeah, all my that's true. Uh Bruce says he never tired of D D on the USS McCandles FFT ten eighty four, the USS Defender, MC two. Is that actual ships? Loved Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah. All my uh all my buddies and 
Joe included, and family members that were in the military. Uh, D&D was the, was the thing they did. So, but, um, yeah, so playing on, uh, playing on Saturday, um, I had you guys play my um, first run-through of the game that I'm going to run at VentureCon. I don't want to give anything away. It was using OSE rules, six-level characters, though Joe played a fifth-level elf. I gave him 40,000 experience points each. I think I loaded you up on magic items, and I think it showed. That's yeah. I felt like it had the right feel for what I want my game at VentureCon to have, which is a little craziness. I used an old uh, module, and we didn't get through much of it, but I told them we won't. Um, I think I had the right feel. Um, did you notice any quirks, though? I did. I noticed a couple quirks. Right. Uh, so quirk-wise. Were they charming or annoying? <laughs> um, let's see. Like always, I prefer the adventuring is dangerous TM yep. feel of yep. old school. Although I didn't feel that in this um, in that session. No, um, I don't know if it was the magic items so much as the um, the um, encounters were maybe not designed for our size and group composition. Perhaps and might. And there's also here's another thing that it's hard to factor in experienced players play differently than inexperienced players and um, can roll over encounters that are probably two or three levels higher than what um, is in your module. So uh, there was an encounter that we, I don't know that we one shot at it. No, we didn't shot it, but it was dead by second round. Yeah. And it didn't really hurt us at all. Yeah. And we were all like, oh, boy, this is going to be rough. Someone's going to get hurt, blah, 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 blah. And it was like. Yeah. And I think, and so to to be clear, I used an old BX module. I uh, used the suggested levels. I gave magic item because I literally thought, I I rolled, I used that 24D6 system we talked about once. Mm Mm-hmm. Stats were okay. I mean, yeah, pretty, they weren't that high. They weren't, they weren't that high, but they were, there was an 18. Almost everybody had an 18 or a 16, something good. I think the elf didn't have an 18. But no. Yeah, we had several good stats. Um, but, um, and Joe says, what's good? But <laughs> you were still pretty solid. Uh, solid. The point was, um, I was kind of nervous, but that's because I it had been so long since I DM'd that type of D&D, honestly. I didn't know how to gauge when I read the module, I just read it straight, and I was like, I don't know if this is a good encounter or not. I don't know. One, the last encounter in the adventure we did, I don't know if that's the one you're talking about. Joe at the table suggested that I double the number of creatures. You know, Either that or give the one creature more hit points. Yeah, because it was really, really creatures have low hit points. You guys defeated a 15-hit dice creature rather handily. It was a fun little fight. No, it was a fun little fight. Tim's character got beat up a little. Greg's did. Uh, the fountain situation. And I was really um, pleased with that, but I I didn't pull a punch, but the way the creature was described was a new creature for the module. It had kind of an engulf attack, but it didn't really say what the, what the result of the engulf was and whether you could get yourself out. So I just used my discretion and said, okay, if you can do damage. Oh. It didn't have no information whatsoever. It, it tries to engulf you. What does that mean? Right, so, right. On one hand, that's the charm of old school. And it's been a long time. Now, when younger Randy, 
dude, I'd have just, I wouldn't have cared. I'd just roll with it because I think I would have gone with the net, what I thought, what this kind of creature is, this more amorphous creature is, should be able to do these things. And if he engulfs somebody, there should be a penalty to that. Maybe they should be saving every round or, or drowning or, or, you know, or dying, losing their breath. Maybe they should be getting acid like a gelatinous cube, which is that not, that was not what it was, which you guys thought it was. And, and I made it seem like, cause I used a gelatinous cube. Bottle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was a variety of things, but you know, part of me really liked that because it was just do what thou wilt as a DM. And I think having played so many other, the newer games, third edition and beyond games, not just D&D, the rules are so well defined. Sometimes you feel boxed in hmm. as a DM. I do. Well, it says this is the rule whenever something is held. This is the rule when something is engulfed. And sometimes I'm just like, can't we just wing it? So give me a second. I'm going to have to step out. So I don't know if you want to continue that thought or talk about something else. Maybe look at the chat. Yeah, we'll look at the chat. All right. Yes. Um, well, monsters uh, are definitely too well codified in D&D starting at third, third edition. They're built too much like the players. I know I've heard, I've read somewhere, this one fellow said he preferred that, but I thought that was silly. Monsters are not PCs and should not work just like PCs. There should be some overlap in the rules because saving throws are saving throws. But apart from that, I'm fine with monsters being able to do things that PCs will never be able to do. And engulfing is definitely something like that. Shouldn't have a PC that's so big as engulfing things. That's kind of weird. Um, let's see here. Though we played Kill Raven, though we played our AD&D campaign during the whole time to, okay, maybe I'm jumping in the middle, right up until third edition, other, other games were breaks from that. Yeah, that's what we, that's what we, that's how we use them. Palette cleanser kind of thing. Uh, let's see. Bruce, my cousin was on an SSBN. About 30 dudes were in on the vampire game. That's a lot. Captain was pissed, but his XO was a player in it. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, as long as you do your work, it really, I don't see how it can matter. Although vampire was not my thing. Was it the, was it the, um, um, did you guys do it as a LARP all at the same time, all 30 of you or, uh, or what is that's how I, when I first, the one time I played it back in the day was kind of just past the LARP stage, I think. Um, all right. Sorry guys. My mom needed a little help. So. Sure. Sure. I'm just going to do one more here. Yeah. Indigo dragon. I do really appreciate what that, Appreciate what the OSR has brought to us. These games have given me an opportunity to play games based on an older style of game that I feel I missed out on. Yeah, and that older style may not be for you. I get it. Yeah. So, um, something I noticed that was quirky. Um, I had never used turns properly. I had never tracked turns by the rules. 
which oh, you're talking about in between in between combats. Remember, I, I kept saying every yeah, two turns, yeah. and I, I was doing that out loud mostly for me. Yeah, do, I wanted yeah. you guys to know what I was doing. Every two turns in the module, you're supposed to check for random for random encounters, and I thought I'd never done it, and it was kind of fun. I kind of enjoyed that. It was kind of exciting to actually get to roll. When I was younger, I was just like, I don't know what they're talking about. I'll just do whatever I want, you know, <laughs> which is fine too. Yes, so it's fine too. But I kind of enjoyed the forcing myself to follow the rules. And I was like, because they have rules for exploring dungeons on OSE, for exploring the wilderness when you check for random encounters. You know, and so to me, that's kind of fun. And um, like I said, I ran a BX module that was, you know, and it was and why I say OSE is so close. It was lockstep. I never changed a thing except I did have to change because I was using uh, ascending armor class and I was using base attack bonus. So I had to switch that. But other than that, it was the exact same stuff. If I was right. using negative armor class and Thaco, I could have just ran the module as is. So. Yeah, and some some of those uh, OSR products out there, uh, I've got a, some PDFs for um, ACKS, Axe, however yeah. you pronounce it, mm-hmm. Adventure Cocker King. And um, they use, they have an interesting, diff- they, the saving throws are named slightly different. Yeah. And uh, they have a, instead of calling a base attack bonus, you have an attack throw. And uh, it's based off of hitting a 10 armor class, not a zero armor class. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, at first level, it seems like everybody needs to roll a 10 or higher to hit a 10 armor class. And then, but it's kind of the same because zero armor class, which is kind of like a 20. Yep. Mostly required a twenty to hit, so it's it's roughly similar. I gotta find this. Mark Getzinger says OSC has a great turn tracker worksheet as a free download on, on drive through. Yeah, I'll, I'll be getting that. So because that's fun, I just enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? It gives me some activity to do, and I think it's nice because I won't announce it at VengerCon, but when I'm rolling stuff behind the screen, the players know something's up. So and that's really with purpose. Um, <sighs> I guess for me, another thing that I thought was kind of quirky, I don't know if you have any more quirks about the adventure things you could talk about in the abstract. I don't, don't want to give too much away. Some of you might figure out what the module is, and that's okay. I'm not sure who's going to. I don't think that most of the quirks were with the adventure design. Yeah, me too. Uh, they had some weird things, a couple of weird things in there, and that's just what we ran into. Yeah. Um, um, and the uh, the rest was, you know, um, like I said, the the one encounter where the creature had way fewer hit points than I thought it would, and if it had that few, they should have been two or three. We yeah. could have handled two. We might could have handled three. Yeah, I think you could have, uh, especially that hit point level. You definitely could have. I didn't know what 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 was their damage. Okay, so what I remember of three attacks, that creature, three attacks. Huh? Their damage would have been pretty solid. Yeah. Hit pretty hard. Um, so if they got a chance to get rolling on those attacks, it might have been a different uh, story. And we rolled pretty good. I rolled pretty high average on my two attacks that I had landed. Yeah. I did almost enough damage to it to. Uh, oh, and Patrick fireballed the dang thing. Yeah. Between him and I, and well, a couple more hits. Yeah. Uh, my wife hit it a couple of times uh, once. Mm hmm. And she hit it pretty solid too. I mean, we we did pretty good damage when we hit. Yep. So, and you know, we got we we got initiative. We got all those attacks in, and then 
it survived the first round mm-hmm. barely, I think. And yep. then the next round, it only took one hit to take to bring it down, I think, because I missed. I'm pretty sure. No, no, maybe it may, it may have been three rounds. It yeah. didn't. Really, it didn't. It just. It, it wasn't much of a fight. Much, it wasn't much of a fight. Yeah, um, I do think that um, it definitely had the Gonzo feel. Magic definitely felt magical in that setting. Um, I did like. Oh, I like what. Uh, oh gosh, what did I see here? I missed it. Uh, you, I know. Uh, Shadzor says he was talking to Dark Theok. I was just discussing that on Professor uh, Dungeon Master's latest video on character sheets. Um, I do think that's an interesting video, Joe. And I, I was thinking of you as I watched it, and I wonder if you would agree on what he uh, surmised. There's a part of it I don't agree with, but I definitely like that. Oh, I'm sorry, did I take it off too soon? Hmm. Dungeon Master says it's just just a sheet. Of, it's just a menu, and um, not. Not the way to play. Shouldn't be looking at your character sheet while you play as much. You know, it depends. Yeah. Uh, I think that there is a fixation, some people, and I'll call it a fixation. Maybe that's not the right word. A lot of people say you shouldn't be looking at your sheet. You should be looking up at the DM. It's kind of like, you know, keep your uh, my eyes are up here, not down here. With That's what he said. Yep. And I'm like, uh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> sometimes I'll... Uh, depends on how well you know the game it depends on um I think that's the primary thing if you know you get the game well you know your character well it's two things then you only need to look at it a little bit because then you know how your character works and so when you're first playing your character you may be looking at your sheet a lot and it's a one shot we're going to be looking at the sheet a lot um if you have this is also probably related to, and I haven't seen the video, so I don't know, but it may be also related to the amount of things you can do. So some people balk at the number of things that some that characters can do in, uh, on their sheet. There's like a list. If it's more than two or three, they're like, oh, that's too much. No, his is actually the other way. He, uh, he thinks it's limiting. I got plus two to hammer throwing. So if I see a sword, I can't grab it and use it. And his well, point is that's that's uh, that's on, that's on the player, correct? And that's not on the sheet. He thinks the character sheet engenders that. I'm not sure. I think no, just, that's play style. That's not sheets. That's not. He, um, so you're you, so you have an X number to hit with a particular right. weapon, and if the the DM puts in a magic weapon that's not that particular weapon. A lot of players say, ah, I'd rather it be the weapon that I'm I'm good at. And you can't fault them too much for that. But you know, if it's a magic weapon, you're gonna you're gonna want to use it until maybe you run into a weapon that is more suited to your um, set of capabilities. It all just it just depends. I mean <laughs> I don't know that I don't it's I don't know if that the character sheet engenders it more than the system itself if the yeah. system is designed to give you benefits for a particular type of weapon but then what you find is entirely random then that's maybe a mis- mismatch a little bit with how the system works yeah maybe i mean I, i'm not sure but like i said i agree a little disagree a little uh, maybe disagree a lot at the end patrick says if you have to demand that the players all look at you in the face all the time maybe you're the problem <laughs> could be <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, I, I've had my share of times when I am looking at the character sheet a lot. But I think at this point, I know the D20 system pretty well. And if we're playing an old school, an OSR type game, I hardly need to look at my sheet. Oh yeah, that's so that's just that's just because I know I know the system fairly well. Maybe I just maybe the de- some of the details are slightly different. So I might. Get he some- talked a lot about getting lost in the narrative. I knew he would lose you there about being part of the narrative and being uh, in the narrative. Whatever. <laughs> but I mean, I just thought it was kind of. I do think a busy character. I do. Th- I have seen a generation of players who look at the sheet and say, "That's what I can do," even though that's never been said to them. Right. You know. So, but I mean. That's okay. I mean, you just you can fix that. Um, let's get back to the um, BX stuff that we're talking about this week in the exhibit, exhibit A, if you were our, our session. Um, it was hard. I, I kept struggling with calling for player PC player intent. That's just not a thing that I've done so in my most yeah the last that, year. Yeah. What are you going to do this round? Go around the table. Now we're right. On the right. But I because, think it's important. It's important to do that. Yeah, because. Um, most we never played like that even in the old days it was it was a roll initiative and then you tell me what you do almost the whole time even when we had a caller we might have done that a little bit at the beginning but we quickly went to the other way and the other way which is you roll your initiative and then you decide what you're going to do it's a little faster tiny bit Mm -hmm. but i think we kind of got the hang of it toward the end of the session the only problem is, is I would say, if you don't call for an intent, a caster player can say, "Yeah, I'm not casting a spell because I didn't get initiative." You know, what I'm say saying? that again. Say that again. I I think the only problem with not saying, "Ask for what you're going to do before you roll," a caster player, if he loses initiative, could then decide, "Oh, I was going to cast sleep." Correct. I'm going to now. Right. Um. So. If, that's a little, especially if that's the only way you can foil a caster's day at all. Because honestly, especially with the experienced players I have, I don't anticipate having many opportunities to foil your spellcasting. Right. And that's okay. But I, when it does come up, when you're taking your chance, I want it to be a chance. Um, yeah, Max brings up Earth Dawn. So declare action, roll initiative, perform actions, initiative order. The main need to declare first is because some abilities affect initiative. And mm-hmm. D D, that's true. But in D D, um, you know, it's a spellcasting. If if you're gonna if you're of the disruption variety, um, I, I wonder sometimes, because you know, you and I have toyed with a mud sword, disruption not being disruption. Because it depends on how how gritty we want the game to be. If yeah. we wanted to have the more old school feel, I think we it behooves us to do the de- declaration first. Yeah. And instead of, I think it's better than third edition's five foot step to avoid getting punched in the face when you're casting a spell or using a bow. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's better to declare. And if you think that there's um, people are too close to your grill, you say, uh, I'm going to find a place to hide first and then cast. It's, it, I think it's better. Yeah. And it, but, but um, if you want a more cinematic style, mm-hmm. it's probably better to go the other route and say you don't have to decide what to do until it's your turn. Yeah. And then everybody gets to do their thing and be the, the big hero all the time. 
But in that situation, I just can't envision a wizard. Honestly, it was hard for me to transition from second to third when wizards were five foot. You remember how I tried trouble with five step, but a lot of it was, dude, you're casting a spell. It's not just a zap, but third edition right? became just that zap, yeah. zap. Because it's six second rounds. So, and, and I think the power of the spells did not drop down appropriately in third edition. They became too good. And zap, zap, zap is what made the wizards pretty darn good. Some spells became better. Some spells became worse. Um, and you got more. On average, the wizard mm-hmm. got more. Uh, the cleric got more because they even got up to ninth level spells before they only had up to seventh or something. Well, we were shocked at how many the cleric had a fourth level spell at sixth level in the OSE game. Right, that was it's a weird progression. Yeah, it's not it's not the progression I'm used to, but uh, but you it's, could, just, think- it's just lack of familiarity with that side of the rules or not remembering it from old school. I don't know if it matches up with um, the BX chart. But so, I think it does. Yeah, it probably does. So even the gonzo nature of it and the way magic worked and all that stuff, uh, you kind of answered this, but uh, you could you could you could dig a full on campaign. Yeah, because I think the old school has a more um, sword and sorcery feel. Yeah. Than the uh, more modern games, the the more modern version of the game is more of a it is more of a superhero type uh, sure. setting. Yeah, but the older one is more sword and sorcery, which is more my bag. Yeah, you know it was funny. I was thinking too. Um, I always felt like I always felt like I never prep enough, but I really didn't think I did for this one. But the truth is, I spent an inordinate amount of time, a whole evening, creating those PCs. Partly because I was rolling the dice, but partly because I had to make decisions and pick items and adjust your stats for the items. Um, uh, John at RDD, Red Dice Diaries, had a sweet little podcast on making uh, pre-gens for, for convention games. Um, I think that, oh, you got a, you got a partner on that. Yeah, you found him. Express, I'm definitely on Team Sword and Sorcery. Go right, because um, I, I like Tolkien. Yeah. Don't be wrong, but um, I think um, Sword and Sorcery is more my bag for playing games. Tolkien's um, type of uh, medieval type of style playing is a little more serious, which some people like. Yeah. I like Sword and Sorcery because it's a little less serious. Mm-hmm. More, it's dangerous, but less serious. So it's a little gonzo. So, so you tend not to take life and death, even though it's there and it's dangerous, you're still like, eh, I'll make a new character. Right. Whereas in Lord of the Rings, you're in this epic quest and the whole world is hanging. The balance is hanging on your success. <laughs> so you can feel a little pressure to be like, oh, man, I'm dead at 18th level. That sucks. Um, then what do you do? You start at first level. Did you think the PCs were too powerful? Too powerful? I guess maybe because oh. of just the encounters. But you can't really gauge because you didn't see much of the adventure. Uh, it's hard. OK. Any kind of um, assessment like that would require more play, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had, um, we started around, when did, what, what time did we start? I didn't. Uh, around seven. And then we, we ended around 11, though we talked yeah. a lot. Yeah. So we really only got like two or three hours of playing, really. Right. So 
it's hard to assess based off of such a small amount of play. I do want to, I like the idea of finishing the whole adventure with you guys because it was so fun. But what I like more is I need to play test that adventure. So I think on my Wednesday night group, uh, one Wednesday night, I'm going to run them through it. And then I'm also going to run, I mean, the, I'm, I'm not doing the whole module adventure con is too long. I'm going to do this chunk. And I want to see, I'm intrigued to see how they begin. Um, and do you think it's good that I left three options to sort of, I mean, you literally have a choice and depending on what you chose, different encounters can occur not only in different order, but very things can occur very differently. Um, do you like that? I like the OSC. I think I like that because one of the things that it does is it um, gives the spellcasters a limit. So either you change um, if you think spellcasters are too powerful, either you change how many spells they get, what spells they get, what are available, and all of that, uh, which is a bigger undertaking, or you stick with that system of declaring first and make that those spellcasters have to think about that stuff. Right. And then you make it and don't just make them declare and not threaten them. Right. They have to be part of the threat. And that that will probably require more monsters because I, I just don't think there were enough in the encounters to make it all that threatening. So, yeah, they um, didn't, they, they really did. Well, turning. Yes. Turning is a problem in old school. Yes. It's way too powerful. Way too powerful. Um, unless you have hordes of undead. If you have hordes of undead, when you have undead at all, then that's one thing. But otherwise, well, you know, easy. In OSE, skeletons do not take half damage from edge weapons. It's just regular, huh? Yes. So, so yeah, that's why. Yeah. I think so, that I had the skeleton encounter, if I had doubled those encounters, because even as it was, it was interesting to watch the cleric not be able to obliterate all of them because they are limited by the 2d6 roll. You are limited to number of number of hit dice. So if you push that skeleton from an encounter of 10 or 12 to an encounter of 20 or 30, and if you let them have half damage against edge weapons, that fight might get a little more interesting. Right. I think so. So, but you're, you're right. And, and I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bruce Mace, I think as a mechanic, I agree uh, channeling positive energy is better than turning undead. Yeah. Do damage. Yeah, but I I just but you know, there is something cool. And right now I like the nostalgia feel of turn undead, but I don't like the rule. I never have. It's never been a thing I've liked. Um anything else you want to say about Saturday night and our experience and particular uh about the game itself or what things you thought were quirky or odd or interesting? Um, no, I think that's, I think I'm good. Well, I think here in this last third part of the main topic, we need to build back better. <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> oh. oh, 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 oh. Yeah, sure. Go Actually, ahead. backtrack a little bit. Backtrack, Joe's going to comment. Okay, so I think, and this is more to do with when you take the this adventure to um, a con. Mm -hmm. You don't want them deciding spells. 
you you want to have them already. So okay, you you think I should? Okay. Well, it's going to take time at the table for one. Yeah. So it's probably better for you to just randomize, randomly select. You know, roll on a die or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, uh, what comment are you screwing me at? Patrick said, "Screw me, Randy." For what comment did I make? I don't know what I made. Clarify. No. <laughs> Bruce is at me too. What is this? Oh, F you, Randy. BBB less than getting tossed off a roof in Pride Month. What? Oh, 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 build back better. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was like, what did I say? I, I like to know when I say stuff. <laughs> it is kind of it is kind of a curse word. Chad's on. Joe build build a wall around Randy now. Make adventure game great again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Thank you guys. I'm glad you I'm glad you just like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> gosh. Oh, but um okay, so yeah, but now here's a question for you. Oh, one more thing. Yeah. With the uh, big creature that was really tough. Right. Well, it was really high hit dice that we still yes. beat. Yes. Okay. That you said you ad libbed a bit. You already spoke a little bit on that. Um, even though it was high hit dice, it didn't really seem all that powerful. And that was not an uncommon thing in old school D and D. Right. They that, have a lot, a lot of hit, of hit points. points. Is dangerous. Yeah, and it had a pretty high chance to hit us. Yeah. But the result wasn't that. It seemed dangerous because there was three different PCs that got engulfed. Mm-hmm. Was it three? Yeah. Something like that. Three or four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, at different times. At yes. different times. Mm-hmm. But it didn't seem to be a big deal. Because I I was too easy. I think the escape hatch was too easy. It probably right. would have been better if I'd have had if I'd have went real old school and said when you got engulfed you took damage when someone else hit it. Right, right, right. <laughs> That'd have been probably pretty good. Now back to what you said about the PCs and their spells. So if I pick I'm not done. Oh, okay. Um, Dobo. Dobo. We already had we had a buff on us, didn't we? In the throne room, two people had a buff on you. Not the throne room. Oh, did you guys? The other guy. The other guy. The one we thought was a Latinus cube. So, did we have the buffs on us at that point? No, no. Okay, I thought we did. No, that was when you were fighting the skeletons. Okay. Yeah. we fought. Uh, we fought the. We, we went by the fountain before the skeletons. But Correct. the fountain was Correct. outside, and we didn't. Or, we got you had the, not. You yeah, had yeah. Not, we yeah. didn't. Yeah. That was okay. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Try hey. not to give any spoilers. Look who's here, Taylor. Hey, Taylor. Joe was in the buff. I joined just in time. Yes, you did. <laughs> you did. You, nobody wants to see that. Okay, so enough of enough of my. Um, um, interruptions. Go ahead. Oh, Pat. Oh, Shadzar's got a suggestion for a cabin con shirt. Patrick, do the. This is Shadzar. Patrick, you do the graphics. How about a, a all with Randy looking through the hole in it that has make adventuring game, adventure gaming great again. Painted on it. That would be kind of good. Okay. Anyway, so yeah. So we're um, the, the build back better. <laughs> we played modified through. We played through modified recently in the last couple of years. This is more talking about Mudsort. So modified 3X, white box, now OSC, um, and our own mishmash of basic D&D with our Mudsort 1.0. At least one session of each, right? 
a lot more of the Mud Sword 1.0. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling better today, but I'm also feeling a little more unsure than ever because I like it all. But I think you helped me clarify that. You said, let's just pl- pick one and play it and see what we like and then change if we want to. Right. I think there's no there to say that what is the preference now that we've played that uh, we've played at least one of them. What chassis should we have an OSR chassis? Should we have a 3.x chassis? Um, Am I worrying too much and just play? It's hard to say. I know. We got to play. Well, we have to play more. Well, I think we do because being supremely, uh, what's the word? Like on the PGA tour, you have a professional and an amateur. Being amateur game designers at the at the um, um, is definitely a thing where we need to play to see what we. I think I know what we like, but I don't know if we prefer a system core over something else. Um, I think we are we like D and D enough that if we make something, it's going to be a lot like that with our own quirks and twists put into it. And then, you know, some will say, that's not dandy. And we're okay. It's not, maybe it's not, but we like it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd listed kind of, you know, a couple of things and was like. Ah, ah, you ah, see, ah, see the list of things like play ah, OSR? No, I am. I have deciphered Shad's arc and see, because he had a typo. Oh. oh. How about a wall? Oh. Not an wall with Randy looking through a hole in it. <laughs> That has Make America Great, again, spray-painted on it. The fence does. So you're looking at a hole. Although that has some connotations we may not want on a T-shirt for Cabin Con. Right. Well, here's one that a fence with Randy locked out would work, too. Yeah, yeah. Or, what does he say, looking over the fence, unable to join. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. Um, yeah, so, you know... You know, I don't, if you see there in the outline, I got these four things. I'm just, this is kind of where I was brainstorming. You know, if this is my ADD, play OSR and just remove the warts. I've said that before. Start fresh from 3X, removing the cumbersome rules because we did play a lot of th- 3X and we liked it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm changing my mind about that. Oh, okay. Instead of starting at third, yeah, it's better to start at first or second. I prefer first, and then adding things from the, the editions from the past that we first like. Edition? That first edition? 2080. Okay, AD&D, yeah. First edition AD&D. So, yeah. because that's the, I think that's the chassis I like best at the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, then you borrow, like you can borrow Advantage, right? You don't have to make Advantage on everything. No. But you say, so you say, borrow Advantage from 5th edition because it's the only thing that's useful um, as a um, like uh, a suggested thing that I have in my notes, um, uh, athletics for whoever uses it, you just have advantage on uh, physical might type stuff, right? Oh, okay. And that would get you know more details to it, but that kind of thing, or there might be situations in combat where you might have advantage or disadvantage on attacks or saving throws, but it wouldn't be. And all it wouldn't be all the time, everything. Every time you get an advantage, it's a, or every time you do something nifty, you get advantage. Sometimes you just get a plus one or plus two. Well, you know, I think something like the thief's backstab, which can be really hard to get in the old school game, you can yeah. make that advantage. <laughs> yeah, advantage on attacks. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Something like that. So 
that's just an example. It may not pan out, but that's an example. So you borrow. I don't know what you could borrow from fourth edition. Um, nah, got nothing. Got nothing. I never played it, so. Dude, um, see, people are coming up with ideas for T-shirts and merch. Uh, Patrick's going to be soon be drawing some T-shirt, a T-shirt for uh, Biggest Geekus. I'm going to be representing AdventureCon. You're going to see some dudes in the Biggest Geekus T-shirts. So I must have one. You will. You will have one. Put it on your melon. Um, <laughs> Put it on your melon. <laughs> Cover your head. Oh, yes, yes. And if if I have anything to say about it, we're not going to have, strictly speaking, Bancy and casting. Oh, no, I can't imagine that being. That will not be. Oh, yeah, Kill Raven. I'd probably take it from, oh, he said minion rules. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Legion brought that up, too. Probably. That might be. That, there you go. But that's in 13th Age, too. So. Yeah, so we would probably say we got it from 13th Age, not 4E. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, to, just, to, be, age, just to be Even stinkers. though 13th Age took it from 4E. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is kind of a good mechanic. You have uh, mooks. So um, different. there's a different mook system, though. Sometimes they're one hit, one kill. And sometimes they are a mob. You yes. have to do a hit points, too, and you take, and you take off multiple of them at, in one shot. Oh, Tim Scott said the boys are having a little issue. Extremely taxing. Tabletop Battletech is taxing to play with a 12 and 9-year-old. We're on turn three. <laughs> and we are how many hours in? Almost two? Jeez. Well, hour, hour and a half. Hour and a half. Okay. Okay. All right. So, anyway, um, yeah, so I guess here's – I think where it comes in. We got to play. And 1E, we've not done that yet. So I guess that needs to be pulled out. Play a little one first edition D&D. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, and as we, if we get to the point where we have um, enough to go on to start playing Mud Sword, we kind of done that already. We have. We have we have done that mm-hmm. where we just started playing. That's what we should do. We just start playing the, the alternate thing. Yeah. And as we play, we figure out what we want. And yeah. We stick it in or take it out. Yeah, and you've got kind of an outline of another take on the world. Not really. It's a lot of the same stuff. And I think I could still transition some of my ideas. Um, like with Lohas and the chaos and stuff, I could probably keep that rolling in there. Um, but I'm kind of fond of your off-the-cuff, I don't know if it was off-the-cuff, uh, Celestial Order for clerics. That's kind of cool. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, and we have to you have to consider, like I've always said, consider the setting. And that will inform some yeah. of the rules. There's some flavoring of the rules, um, class names, and stuff like that. I don't know how generic I want us to do to go. Yeah, I'm no. I don't think our setting needs to be generic. No, I'm talking about the rule set too. Oh, how generic that will be. Oh, as sure. in, are we? Is it going to be called a fighter, or is it going to be called something else based on the setting, and have a different, slightly different feel than just a generic fighter? What's this? What's Taylor saying? A celestial order for me? Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Taylor, you're all right for a dude. For a dude. <laughs> hey, um, anything else on this whole our fascination with OSR? Feels like we're we're gonna rummage around in this, dude. I mean, it's gonna be part of our playground for a while. Uh, Bruce is gonna do a. Looks like he's gonna run a response video. Whoa, tonight. I'll be doing response video to the night. Why are we gaming with OSR? 21, 10. So 10, 10 oh. minutes after 10. 
Or no, 10 minutes after 9. Well, it's central, so it'll for our time, it'll be 10 after 10. <laughs> okay. Well, cool. Shall we move on to the last little topic then? Are we ready to leave this OSR discussion? You got more things you want to talk about. Yeah, do that. I'm talking about subscribing. That's what he's and talking about. Look at uh, checking out, check out our uh, the video description. It will have links in there for how you can support us. And do that thing. Thumbs yeah. up, comment, do all the stuff. Dude, I, you know something, Joe, before we go on, this is a little side note. What did you think of last week's episode? I thoroughly loved it. I liked it a lot, yeah. And apparently, I actually think it was one of the people most, did too. I think it was one of the most enjoyable ones I've ever done. And I don't know, I'd like to know why that is. Is it just the singular topic or is the type of topic? And should we tackle that? I wonder if our people in the chat or people want to send emails. Um, yeah, Baron G will make Joe happy. It will. It will make the algorithm happy too. Yeah. If it still works the way it does. Well, here's the thing. I just we should think about this. I I'd like to reach get that energy again. Um and passion. And maybe it's maybe it's just the topic. Maybe it was just the topic. So anyway. Last segment. I'm gonna pose a random question. And it is kind of connected to all this. Um what keeps bringing you back to the table after all these years? And Joe and I are good. Well, we're 42 plus years into this hobby. So do you why mean, do, why do you sit down and play a fifth level elf for the 900th time? So um, do you mean your table or just in general? Yeah. I can answer both. You can answer both. Well, whatever right. you want to get So at. we'll go general first. Sure. I like, I like the game. I like the hobby. Yeah. So while, I don't want to necessarily play a first level douchebag every time I sit at the table, which right. happened. Yeah. Um, playing a few levels up is fine. Like we played fifth, sixth level, had some experience, and uh, which em- emulates our um, our experience at the game. Yeah. Uh, so you can, I'm sure you can just pretend to be a dunce at first level and not know anything, and when it when something that's vulnerable to fire rolls around and you know they are, you just don't use it. And then it gets back up and then you knock it back down and then you, you know, whatever. Whatever vulnerabilities or things that you know that your character won't know, it, which is hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to play that way. I'd rather play you know, a slightly experienced player so I don't have to worry about that. I'm way past that. I, I used to care about that, but you know what? If you want to use whatever you know, to an extent, I'm fine with it. Now you start quoting like it's a little in the monster manual during the blood during the blood war. This happened, dude. You are a second level fighter on uh, Earth, Greyhawk. Mm-hmm. You don't know a dang thing about the blood war, right? What up, right? I mean, um, right or wrong is irrelevant. You don't know a thing about it, you know. But I mean, like uh, I know trolls can burn by fire. Sure. That's cool. Aaron the Pedantic has a video out on that topic. Yes, on yes. player player knowledge, and I haven't watched it, but I, I agree with his his uh, take. I, do too. I think he's right. Yeah. and I'm like, it's on me when Joe sits at my table. On the way, Joe gets surprised, and so if I try to surprise him, because right. he's got as much experience as I do, so I can't. Th- if I throw the if I throw the same crap at him, doesn't mean we can't have fun, but I can't get mad at you if you use good tactics, and you beat the ogre, and you know. Half around, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so that all that being said, um, 
I like the hobby and I like D&D's conceits and I like our gaming group. All that draws me to the table. And I call it a power fantasy if you want. I like being the good guy and I like defeating the, the evil monsters. Yeah, I like, and I've found that I've played a lot in the last year or so, especially Kevin Con. You know what? I, I can't believe this. this is so against my, from my DMing side. I like kicking the crap out of the bad guys. I don't mean like just barely winning. I like shoving my foot right down their throat. Right. I love it. I love being the big damn hero. I do. Um, right. I don't, I don't want to be a Mary Sue. Uh, no, no. But I like being able to have a good, get a good butt kicking in, especially when you've waited a long time to face off against a particular bad guy. Again? Yep. I am correct. <laughs> Green Apple, stop it. You are filling his head full of stuff. He says nothing wrong with power fantasies. Yeah. I, oh, we all Joe. Oh. I want to put Randy behind the wall, though. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah, you... Not just behind the wall. Right. In case. Against that wall. Yes. Up against that wall. Assume the position. <laughs> Catch this bullet. Oh, did I say that out loud? I, I, what about, okay, so and for me, I think sometimes I've gone through a, 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 a mixture of this. For me, it's a, quite a few things. I like him hanging out with my friends. The older I get, I enjoy that more than just playing. During the beginning of third edition, I was such a big gamer I even told a friend of ours, I wasn't show, sure how important it was that I played with friends. I disagree with that now. I've grown from that idea. That's vital. I would not play a campaign. I don't think if my only option were to play at a game table with strangers, and this is not a knock on anybody that does, I don't think I would last long. Or if I did, I would be the type of player that would show up, play a few sessions, and be gone, especially online. Um, unless I liked them. Now, if I ended up liking them and became buddies, that'd be different. But if they were just like, nah, we're not really friends, we don't really talk much, have much in common. Um, but to me, I think also, I had a time where I was seeking the perfect game. That's why I played. I was looking for this experience. Uh, Philip and I had a game session one time with several other people during the third edition. Heyday, we call it the night the stars were aligned. And it was like the rules the mechanics, the, the narrative, the role-playing, just all kind of... Yeah, old joke. This story that wasn't pre-planned. Um, and yeah, it was it was, it was was fun. Um, but I don't think now. Now I think it's a tiny bit of nostalgia, but mostly because I think it's an exciting game. It's fun to play. Oh, Mr. Max Bovan. In RPGs, I like challenges. Life is easy and boring in gaming. I want to struggle. Yeah. See, Mr. Max to be at my table because yeah. that's what I think my players want. So I'm running a campaign. I want to push you to the wall all the time. No breathing. <laughs> yeah, I, I like there to be uh, kind of uh, mm. up and down. So uh, intense, not intense, intense, not intense. Gives you some um, some breathing. Randy yeah, doesn't sure. like breathing. Yeah. And I've really learned that being a player, having played a lot and still playing, that you do got to get you got to have some ebb and flow and let the players feel like VAs at times. And then other times let them feel like, dude, did we just bite off more than we could chew? If it's appropriate. It's not always you can have a whole session where it's totally intense, balls to the walls. Mm -hmm. the whole time. It all depends on the situation. And you can have a session where they're just kicking the teeth out of everything. Yeah. You know, 
So and that could be lulling you into a, a sense of complacency. Security. <laughs> the big bad guy shows up. And then and then the DM just drops the hammer. Magic jar. Hosering. <laughs> 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 oh. Wow. Yeah. Something. Yeah, that's it. That might. That might need to be get kicked into a, a monster ability. Um, yeah. I I think magic jar is a problem for. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a better monster, but it's just better at the table than for, I don't know. It just, it, I get that the players can counter that easier than the other way around, especially when the wizard, you talked about it, is using magic jar in the town. You can, you can just cheese ball some stuff, but maybe, yeah, maybe. That could Something be a think mind, about. That'd be a great mind fire ability. No. I agree. I agree, Joe. It would be. No. They already have great abilities. I'm doing it anymore. Mind flares can magic jar at will. Just be prepared <laughs> for the nut punch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Man, I think I think that's all I got, dude. What about you? I think so. So it's a, it's a bit of a shorter episode today, which some people will like. Yeah. Um my wife will. <laughs> yeah, we're under two hours. That's pretty rare for us. Yeah, barely over Chats an hour and a half. Chat's been busy and good. It's good to see everybody. Had a lot of the, a lot of the a few new folks at least new. I don't remember Hex was it Hex Press, and a few others. So it was good to see some people that I didn't recognize. Taylor, thanks for coming in. It's good to see you, bud. You caught the, kind of the tail end of things, but. Uh, yeah, I think we're done here. If you'd like to support our show, please like, subscribe, and share us where you're listening or viewing the show. We're in all the podcast places, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. We got some uh, places you can give us some cash support, PayPal, and Streamlabs, and Anchor, we can get cash there. I didn't know that. Anchor? Huh? Yeah, Anchor has a <laughs> Anchor has a uh, you know little thing you can click, and it says, we want your money. So, yeah. Taylor says, first time I make it, and it's the first episode ends early. He sees how it is. Oh, you Floridian. <laughs> you can find us on the web too. Biggestgeekestpodcast.com. The geeks at biggestgeekestpodcast.com is our email. Please send us emails. Um, <clears throat> we're on the socials. Uh, are you still having some issues with Odyssey, Joe? Or are you not sure we're going to be staying on there very long? Uh- trying to um gather in some uh gather in some um of the currency you need oh yeah uh, to do things there you have Uh, to watch um do daily watches well it's three times it's weekly now used to be daily but now it's weekly the bruce under two hours he unsubscribed bruce (laughs) i have to hunt you down now uh right so the there's a link the, the um, Odyssey link here. Oh, I didn't do. I didn't update that one. I will update the Odyssey link. Oh, oh yeah, that's our statement at Clerics. It's short because they had nothing to back up the title's claim. He is not wrong. <laughs> no, we did talk about that. I we mean, love OSR, but is is it D and D? It is D and D. Yeah. It so, is and it isn't. It's um, <laughs> there is a comparison to be made. I mean, it wasn't a big part of, I guess, the uh, the discussion. Joe the discussion was, was always. Yeah, he was he suckered you in. <laughs> you know, 
titles of these shows, if we hope, if we can even hope to uh, to click uh, to hook into the YouTube um, algorithm, oh. it has there has to be uh, the wording has to be a certain way. Oh. And so I try. I was trying to figure out a way to have Dungeons and Dragons in the title. And oh, that seems, I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. So anyway, as yeah. far as uh, Odyssey oh, goes, yeah. I will update the link here to be the link that you need to have that will, if you don't already have an Odyssey subscription, you will be able to set that up. And when you do that, it will uh, give us a little of the uh, currency over there in Odyssey that will help us put up more videos. Yeah. Okay. If you're interested, if you're not, you're not. Yeah, and again, like all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff, Gilded Discord. Um, well, I think that's it, man. Uh, you guys, thanks for hanging out with us, enjoying a little discussion on OSR and a lot of the Mudsword stuff. So this is Randy. And this is Joe. And remember, if you can't be big like us, then be geeks like us. Mm-hmm.